O Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Deny thy father and refuse thy name. Or if thou wilt not, be but sworn my love, and I'll no longer be a Capulet. Tis but thy name that is my enemy. Thou art thyself, though not a Montague. What's Montague? It is not hand, nor foot, nor arm, nor face, nor any other part belonging to a man. Oh, be some other name. What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would be as sweet. Jolly good writer, wasn't he? What's in a name, he asked. In Bible times, quite a lot was in a name. Names were given to babies because they enshrined the hopes and dreams of parents for their children. I was given the name Stuart because every other boy in Crown Street Women's Hospital uh, Nursery was going to be called John. So my parents decided they would call me something else. My brother was called Kenneth uh, and my sister Ailsa. My parents really liked Scottish names. And my brother used to remind me that Kenneth means a great leader. Stuart means a pigsty keeper. <coughs> Shall we get back to the Bible? Good. In the Old Testament, there was a baby boy born and he was given the name Ichabod. You see, just before he was born, news reached his heavily pregnant mother that her husband Phineas and father-in-law Eli had been killed. And when she heard the news, she went into premature labour and she gave her baby the name Ichabod, which means the glory has gone. And so forever he was called Little No Hope, for that was his name. Do you remember Isaac, Abraham's son, who was born in Abraham and Sarah's very old age? When Sarah heard that as old as she was, she was going to have a son, she laughed and ultimately called her son Isaac, which is an onomatopoeia. In Hebrew, Isaac is pronounced Yidzaak, which rather sounds like a laugh. And Isaac means that, a laugher. And so he called her son the laugher because that's what she did when she was told that she was going to become pregnant. Last Tuesday was St Matthew's Day, but we've been observing it flat out here at St Matthew's most of the week. Now, we know that Matthew the Apostle was one of those 12 apostles of Jesus. He was also one of the four evangelists, and his name has been given to the first gospel in the New Testament. The name Matthew also has a meaning. In Hebrew, his name is Matityahu, and that means the gift of God. The New Testament tells us that he followed Jesus as a disciple and as such was one of the witnesses of the resurrected Jesus in the upper room. As a disciple, Matthew also witnessed Jesus' ascension. Now among those early followers and apostles of Jesus, Matthew is mentioned only in Matthew 9 and Matthew 10 as a tax collector. And it was while he was at the office, sitting at the receipt of custom in Capernaum, that he was called to follow Jesus. Now, 
None of us, oh dear, I don't know you very well. I'll say it. None of us like tax collectors. Does anybody here work for the tax office? Oh, good. None of us like tax collectors. Okay. And particularly the Jews did not. Because Matthew was a Jew who worked for the Roman Empire and he was collecting money, taxes, from the other Jews for the Roman Empire. The Romans were not at all scrupulous about the commission that tax farmers hived off for themselves. And so these tax farmers, these tax collectors, were generally hated by their fellow Jews as traitors. Could I have the next slide? Um, thank you. And so there's St Matthew the Apostle with, uh, with the gospel that bears his name. And the next slide. Thank you. And there is a fairly famous painting of Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And there are the coins down towards the bottom of the picture on the table. And uh, I'm not too sure if Matthew's the bloke in the middle with what has always seemed to me that looks like a pair of glasses. And does the fellow on the right look as though he's wearing glasses? Hmm. I wonder. Okay, right. So Jesus went to uh, Matthew's place of work and he said, follow me. And Matthew did. According to Luke chapter 5, Matthew gave a dinner in his house after he was called by Jesus. It was sort of a going away party, I think. The gospel tells us that many tax collectors and others who were known as sinners came to the dinner and so did Jesus. And the scribes and the Pharisees asked, what business does this supposedly great teacher have with these sinners and tax collectors? Not just one, but many, a whole group. Jesus attended this works dinner and Jesus came out with that wonderful answer of his, those who are well don't need a physician, but the sick do. Go and learn the meaning of these words. I did not call to come. Yeah. Oh, yes. I, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus says that loving others is far more important than ritual and worship. We know that Peter, James and John continued as fishermen after their call by Jesus. Did Matthew continue as a tax collector? We don't know. Tradition has it, and fairly strong tradition, not only in uh, Christian tradition but in Muslim tradition, that Matthew went to Ethiopia and there in that country he was martyred for his faith. So Matthew's Gospel... Matthew wrote his gospel for Jewish people. He wrote his gospel for Jewish people who had come to be followers of Jesus Christ. And Matthew wanted his readers to know that Jesus was the Messiah, that Jewish term, that person whom God had promised to save all people. And Matthew, in his gospel, makes it clear that Jesus is a fulfilment of everything said by the prophets in the Old Testament. Thirteen times in Matthew's Gospel we hear, as it is written in the prophets. Now here are two examples of that. 
The first is about John the Baptist. And we read this in the text of Matthew's Gospel. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord. And the other example is the one about the donkey on Palm Sunday. In the text of his gospel, Matthew wrote, When they drew near to Jerusalem, Jesus sent two disciples, Go to the village opposite you, and you will find an ass tied and a colt. Untie them and bring them to me. This took place to fulfil what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Your king is coming to you, humble, sitting on an ass, and on a colt, the foal of an ass. The prophet in this case was the prophet Zechariah. It's as though Matthew in his gospel was saying to his Jewish readers, you know these things written in your scriptures by the prophets, you know them well. Well, here is why they were written by the prophets. They've come true in the life and the ministry of Jesus. He is the fulfilment of the Old Testament prophecies. Another great feature of Matthew's gospel is that Matthew is the only evangelist who gives us the Sermon on the Mount and therefore he gives us the Beatitudes. Matthew's Gospel faithfully reports how Jesus described who will be truly blessed by God in the kingdom and the attitudes and actions that are required for those who follow the new law that Jesus came to bring. On Wednesday, when we had our Wednesday uh, service here, there were two men who were wearing red ties. And I'm told one of them bought his 25 years ago. It was a red tie, and on it were the, um, the symbol of Matthew. And Matthew's symbol is a bag of gold coins. And at the end of the service, I'm going to give you a gold coin, which ain't worth much, but it's delicious when you unwrap it. So it's just, just a symbol of Matthew. And I'm wearing red today because uh, in the way that we do colours, red stands for those who shed their blood for Christ, who are martyrs. And uh, Matthew was one of those. Greek Orthodox Christians recognise Matthew as one of their main saints. And many of them are named after him. So any Greek Orthodox fellow whose name is Matthew, Matt, Matthias or Matthias, is considered named after this apostle. Traditions about how St Matthew's Day is celebrated differ according to where you live and what your culture is. But given his background, Matthew is considered to be the patron saint of tax collectors, which doesn't help when we have to fill out the tax form, of bookkeepers, of accountants, of bankers, of civil servants, and I don't understand this at all, of perfumers. So these are some things we remind ourselves about St Matthew on St Matthew's Day here at St Matthew's Kensington. We thought about his name, his call by Jesus, a few features of the gospel and about his symbol. But here's the thing. Why was it 
that when they built this church, they gave it the name St Matthew's. The earliest churches of England in the colony of South Australia were named after people like that. The very earliest, 1838 in the city, was called Holy Trinity. But shortly after that, there was an Anglican Church of England church in those days built in Halifax Street, St John. At Blackiston near Littlehampton in the early 1840s, St James. The new church at Walkerville, about the same year as this, St Andrew. Matthew, James, John, Andrew. Why St Matthew's here? Well, four quick things. Firstly, Matthew followed Jesus through thick and thin, in good times and bad. It's a very good lesson for us. All of our lives go through very difficult patches. We get health issues. Some people go through relationship problems. There are economic and financial issues. There are parish problems. Even international events take their toll on us. It would be so easy to give up, so easy to toss in the towel. But in the words of the old Christian chorus, we have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and strong while the billows roll, fastened to the rock that cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Saviour's love. Matthew would have sung that chorus if it had been written back in his time. For he followed Jesus through thick and thin. He had an anchor that kept his soul in all the billows that life threw at him. And that anchor was Christ. May we do so too, just as Matthew did. Secondly, Matthew introduced his work colleagues to Jesus. Those jolly tax collectors. You want to say that? I don't know that they were jolly tax collectors. Those jolly tax collectors. Matthew was an evangelist. Our lives and words also introduce people to Jesus as people watch us and see the difference that our faith makes to us. An enlivening faith, a strengthening faith, a beautifying faith, a persevering faith. May our faith be one that we wear with a positive outlook, not one that looks as though we've just sucked a lemon. So may we introduce people to Jesus, just as Matthew did, by the very quality of the life that we live. Thirdly, Matthew was a member of a small group fellowship. In the company of the other 11 disciples, Matthew found friendship and fellowship. He gained strength and understanding. Their relationship together was usually strong, but sometimes strained and really stretched after the Judas Iscariot incident. But they hung together and they worked and worshipped and witnessed. And all of us who belong to small fellowship groups or small Bible study groups will know the value that we receive from those Christian friends, just as Matthew did. And lastly, Matthew left behind an inspirational witness to Christ. We have his gospel. We have the Beatitudes. And we too leave behind us a witness to Christ through the conversations we have, through the fortitude we show, through the example we give, 
through the worship we offer, through the words we speak, we leave behind a witness, just as Matthew did. I guess the only thing left to say is, happy St Matthew's Day.